chatting with the voice of the Vernon Vipers and one, I, I'd like to consider you a good friend. I mean, I don't know where we are in our friendship level, but I'd like to consider you a good friend. Graham Turnbull, Graham, thanks for always taking the time to uh, chat with us and talk about some hockey. I think you could make a fair comment. That I think what you just said is fair. Yeah, friends, friends good and always good to chime in on the broadcast. Friends forever, maybe even, too. We'll see where that goes, though. Uh, talk about some hockey. Good weekend for the Vernon Vipers last weekend. We haven't seen each other in about two weeks. It's felt like an eternity. But a good weekend for this group, picking up two wins on three tries on what was kind of a similar road trip as the Warriors had, just kind of flipped with a different team in the middle there. But a uh, good result for this team and some new additions making a big impact as well. Yeah, they did. It's sort of it's funny. You take a look at the Wenatchee game on the Friday and you see a 4-1 to loss, but then you dive a little bit deeper scoreless after one shots were 13 to 5 Wenatchee and you thought okay well you kept the team that averages 50 shots a game to 13 in 20 minutes you didn't let them score they maybe had two quality scoring chances and you had two of your own and hit a goal post you square away after one period you thought okay well maybe maybe the Vipers can do something that the, nobody else in the league is actually still not done and we're talking about it you know a week later and that is win in that building and then penalty trouble and a couple of penalties in particular. Five on four, I thought the Viper penalty kill was very good against Wenatchee. They took a spearing penalty, and that put them shorthanded for two two sequential power plays, and they are too good. That Wenatchee team is too good. Warrior fans could probably attest to that. Too good to take penalties against. If you can keep them to about five or six man advantages a game, you, th- you think you're in a good spot. The Vipers were able to do that, and unfortunately, all of those power plays were in one segment of that game. And the Vipers got a power play goal. But five on five, that game was even. And then you go into Coquitlam the next night, and yeah, it's a long travel day, and yeah, the weather is terrible. But you're going up against a Coquitlam team that, boy, oh boy, if they've been just bamboozled by injuries. They had nine regulars out of the lineup. They had not. They had driven overnight from Prince George after getting pummeled eight to nothing. That was essentially a throwaway game. They played well. The the Vipers played well against the team that they had to beat, and they did six nothing in Darian Hansen's debut. And then the same thing. Langley extremely injured. They played three and three, albeit at home. So was there a fatigue factor there? And the Vipers just came out and played a very simple and effective hockey game. And it was the new bodies, as you mentioned, that came to the forefront. Darian Hansen gave up one goal in seven periods. Stopped 14 against Wenatchee in the third period, all 18 on Saturday, and stopped 31 to 32 on Sunday, and was a minute 15 away from back-to-back consecutive shutouts. So Luke Gingra had four points in three games. Cameron Trott had his first goal as a Viper. So the guys that they brought in, and Riley Brandt came back from suspension. So overall, it was a really good road trip. They'll be happy with the four out of six points, and the team is you know, starting to trend in the right direction over the last five games. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I talked to Kevin Krause, the assistant coach, about that before the game where it seemed like Brandt's return kind of sparked this lineup a little bit. Obviously, it's fresh legs on the end of a road trip. You get guys like Jinger into the mix. You bring other guys into the mix like that. And, you know, I don't want to say the writing was on the wall, but when you start the year with two 17-year-old goaltenders, you can see that you're wanting to get older in the goal and obviously it looks like the Vipers have found their man there in Darian Hansen. We're going to get a chance to see him tonight, I believe, in, I mean, six foot two, and I, I interviewed him in Wenatchee, and I said, Darian, what sort of a goaltender are you? Because Andrew Shortridge last year, six foot three, goaltender out of the USHL and the NAHL, about the same size, completely different goaltender. Shortridge positionally sound, had some troubles maybe going laterally, but he was a competitor. Darian Hansen, same thing, calm, cool, collective, but he is agile, athletic, and extremely quick 
for a man who's six foot two. He's calm and composed. He gets out there, plays the puck extremely well, and he he never quits on a play. There were a couple of instances where Coquitlam could have broken the goose broken the goose egg. Same with Langley. They had ten power plays on Sunday afternoon, and they finally scored on the last one on a slap pass that was redirected. I mean, if he sees it, there's a good chance he's going to stop it. But even if he doesn't see it, he's got the cat-like reflexes to stop it. He's a six-foot-two version of Pecorine, obviously, if, if you're mentally picturing a goaltender. He's very Pecorine-ish in terms of how quick and fluid he is. Look ahead to tonight's game. The Warriors are a little bit bat- banged up. They're a little bit bruised. A lot of guys in and out of the lineup. You know, there's been fluctuation there. Big teddy bear toss tonight tonight for the Vipers. So is this a game for Vernon where they, you know, not necessarily need to have but would like to have, especially since, you know, you've been a guy that's been in the league for a long time. This interior division race is as tight a one that I've seen this late into the season. Well, and you have to take advantage of the the games that you have at home. The Vipers have played the most road games and the fewest home games through 30 games. This is game number 30 for the Vipers, and they played 10 in this building. That's a 2-to-1 ratio to the road. I'm ready to stay here in this building for a handful of times. And even then, this month doesn't really do a whole lot. They play nine games, five on the road, four at home. You have to take advantage of home ice. The Vipers are very good in this building, 7-3-0-1, and although I think one of those games counts as, as a game of the showcase, but you have to take care of business. Now, Penticton's come in here and won twice. Surrey's come in and won once. And, uh, I mean, other than and Trails come in and won once. This has been a place that's been tough for oppositions to come into. But at the end of the day, you don't win unless you work. And that's been the mentality that this team has had to go through. And they've learned the hard way a number of times. You cannot afford to take a period up. They saw it against you guys a couple weeks ago. They have a 2-0 lead. Sure, they think it's smooth smooth sailing. Vipers played a phenomenal first period. Well, guess what? Nobody likes to get beat up like that, so what do the Warriors do? They chip away, chip away, chip away, and all of a sudden you give away a point to a division rival. So the Vipers know what's at stake. They know that the Warriors are banged up, but you're not going to win games unless you, you work hard, so that's that's going to be the, the mentality, and they know that the Warriors aren't going to use injuries as an excuse or a depleted lineup as an excuse. Ryland's going to have them ready to play after that 11-2 loss in Wenatchee, so if if the Vipers think it's a throwaway game, I'd be very surprised that was their mindset. Lastly now, uh, you know, I mentioned the Tabor Toss a little earlier. There should be a good crowd here tonight in Vernon with uh, with that going underway. You've seen a lot of them in your broadcasting career. Who do you think is going to get it tonight if you do have a pick of who's going to get it? Well, you're taking a look at some of the, the footage that has been put together through hockey tube and all that sort of stuff. My money's almost on the defenseman. Last year it was Latrell Charleston scoring it. Kevin Krause scored one. Uh, as well. He says it was the only goal he scored in his last year of junior hockey. He scored it right from the left circle. So maybe it's a defenseman, and if I was to wager a guess, why don't I just say uh, Michael Offberg? Just for fun. Sticking with defensemen and who can get point shots through, I'm going to give it to Offberg. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, Graham, and best of luck throughout the rest of the year. Anytime. Thanks for chatting.